0: seven no it's Iowa all right hey guys how's it going very good how are you I'm doing well doing well
1: I have to ask have you seen the new Fletch movie given that we yes, talked have. about Fletch last time okay
0: yes we talked about Fletch last time um and I said I was caut- cautiously optimistic I believe um and uh it is actually just as good as the first one. It's a different film. I mean, it's it's uh, in its in its comedy because you know John Hamm is not Chevy Chase. I mean that's a given. Uh, and so John Hamm's comedy True. style is um, he's he's a little more reactionary rather than quippy, but it's still very funny and it's still got a great mystery. It's, I've only you know,
2: heard good things about it.
0: Yeah, and um, it's no, it's 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 um, it's a lot of fun. Um, I uh, I, I did an interesting double feature. I watched Pearl and then went and watched Confess Fletch. So it was an interesting. I've heard Pearl um,
2: is pretty wicked.
0: Yeah, Pearl, uh, X is definitely um way up there on my list for the year. And um, I was like that surprise trailer after the credits was like, oh, whoa, he made another whole movie, and uh, and uh, so I was very excited to see it. And yes, it's and it too is um. It's a lot different than X. So in, in a good way, in the in the best of best of ways. There it's um it's a it's a completely different movie and um it does kind of it it it, it succeeds in making you kind of sympathize with this this young woman who will eventually go on to be completely psychopathic.
2: I thought I saw <laughs> Scorsese had some quote that he like had trouble sleeping after yeah, he saw, it saw it or something quote like as well. that. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm like, whoa! Yeah, if no, this trouble Scorsese, like, oh Yeah,
0: no, it's it's uh it's it's fantastic. And I want to make one more film recommendation for the listeners: Barbarian. uh It's uh, you people have probably heard of it, heard about it by now, but it's it's I was blown away. I'm okay. a very jaded horror fan and i was kept off kilter um the entire uh the entire movie because you know for the first about 45 minutes it's 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 one thing and then it takes a hard right turn yeah that's what i've heard a huge And I've you don't yeah. want to know anything about it no, no, you don't. i'm not going to go any further in, in description but other than to say if you haven't no. seen it yet it, you had to experience it and this is this movie that that like Came out of nowhere. I saw one trailer one time in the theaters, and and that was it. And then I was like, I was actually, um, I, I was actually on the fence about going to see it. And I finally was like, oh, you know, because I had a day off, and I was like, I'll go see it. And uh, I'm so glad I did. It just, it, it, yeah, it's it's just, it, it, see, I'm I'm speechless. Okay, it's, it's no, it's fine. Good. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: a strong recommendation. I, I get. That's yeah. all I ever saw on Twitter was barbarians great just see it Know nothing else look up no other details just trust me go in
0: yeah Um, it's it is is, it's one of those movies where that first experience is you're just gonna be you're gonna remember it forever
1: oh wow okay yeah
0: I i would say it's probably on par with like something like um like exorcist or oh um uh, or or crying game, you know, it's just it's one of those movies where like that first experience, you know, is just everything that goes on in the movie, and you're like, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> so.
2: Yeah, and this is coming from Rotten Tomatoes approved film critic Damon <laughs> Fudge. So if if you needed horror movies to watch coming up in October, yeah, there's a guy that sees ones.
0: a lot of movies. A lot.
2: Yeah, he a, movies a lot American
0: I see. And I'm a I'm am I'm, I'm I'm a big uh, uh, horror is kind of my genre. So you're a little um, snobbish about it. So a horror. I'm not really, actually, because okay. um uh you know because I um like we like we mentioned last time it was you know I've got that those friends of mine that we you know the Die Doom crew and we you know we're we're fans of of you know crappy cinema and questionable cinema and you know and so uh I'm definitely not too snobbish about it yeah you know yeah okay. there's you know, some you know like you'll get a movie and you're like, Okay, you tried something, and that did not work, but yeah, I know this uh yeah barbarian and both x and Pearl. uh I, I, the one thing that I love about x and Pearl is the fact that um the the writer director Ty West is somebody that has that as a horror fan I've known about for years he he's been in the independent horror scene for a long time. And really, really deserves to be known wider as he's okay. getting known now. And so that was well, that was my that was one of the reasons why I really wanted to go see X. Other than the fact that it looked really cool, I wanted to see um, a Ty West movie in the big screen. Because uh, like if it had, if any of his movies played somewhere, it was probably like the big cities, L. A., Chicago, New York. You know if it if it hits if it played in a theater somewhere. I by up to X. I've only seen his stuff uh, on disc. You
1: know, so. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I'm very excited about that too.
1: One of those weird genres, because you have stuff that can be really unsettling on the one hand, and then you have stuff that's silly to me, and I and I like this, like I think of like the Nightmare on Elm Street series or Friday the 13th. I yeah. like those movies, but they're not even a little bit scary to me. I don't know that I've ever <laughs> found them scary. So they're just fun and silly and goofy. But then you have the other, um, now I can't think of the guy, but the Hereditary guy and yeah. R. Uh, R. R. Esther, Esther. Yeah, like oh, that's just a whole other level of dread and misery um oh yeah it's
0: it's 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 really one of the most uh um diverse genres out there i think because of that it's you know you can you know you can and you can throw anything into a horror movie other any other genre you know you can have um you know a horror you know we've got plenty of great horror comedies you can have horror action films you know like Ari aster stuff are very Very deep personal, you know, uh dramas that have horrific elements. You know, it's 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 just a very malleable genre, I think, and it's and that's what and that's what makes it fun.
2: Boy, Hereditary messed me up, man. That movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no movie messed with me as much as Hereditary. The girl with the
2: getting her head slammed off and then the scene where the mom's like up in the corner of the bedroom like those yeah. two images are just like i i can still picture it right now in my head just really really got uh, to me yeah well, I, de- p-
1: I had to pause it at that time yeah. like when he pulls into the drive i had to pause and just try and it took me i don't know 10 15 minutes of just sitting there with the movie paused trying to process
0: yeah. all
1: everything it was just it was incredible i mean it was, well, was obviously i not
0: I wasn't I wasn't even uh I wasn't even certain that that the girl's head had come off until they do that that great shot of it uh sitting by the side of the road. You know, I was just I was I was like, "Oh, did, she, did it break her neck or what did it do?" And it just, you know, and then and then that shot and I was like, "Oh crap. This this movie just went hardcore." Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that escalated quickly as they as they say. Um but today we are not talking about a horror movie. We're getting ready for spooky oh. season. We're almost there, but we're not quite there. So, you know, Damon's our guest. He gets to pick the movie, and you picked *L.A. Confidential*. So, why don't you dive into why why you wanted to talk about *L.A. Confidential*?
0: Uh, well, *L.A. Confidential*, I think I um I mentioned it last time. Uh, you, oh, that you is, did. That is that is my favorite movie of all time. Um, I be, I believe the movie is, is just is it's nearly perfect. I mean, it's just an incredible cinematic achievement and a movie that's made better. Um, A rare movie that's made better by reading the book because you realize uh, how much work went into uh, condensing a sprawling novel that was considered uh, up until uh, this was this was put into production. It was considered an unfilmable book. And uh, because the you know, the book itself, it spans like the entire decade of the 50s. Whereas I, you know, the movie is probably, you know, what would you say, like maybe nine months in, in total. Um, yeah, less
1: than a year for sure. Yeah, yeah. we um, get Christmas,
0: and I don't think we get the
1: next Christmas. So
0: yeah, so it's it's it, you know they, you know, just kudos to Brian Helgeland, the writer, to find the core story and pull it out of this this novel, uh, you know, and combine a couple of characters here and there, uh, the, the you know the minor characters, and then just and create. A script that you know just just became a movie that is like i said nearly perfect um i also chose it because on the uh uh on the 19th of september it turned 25 oh sure um so yeah it's 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 um 25th anniversary year and um like i said it's it's a fantastic movie which also means that i've been working in television for 25 years because oh wow uh, because I uh, I was doing um, daytime cashier shifts at the Cobblestone Nine theaters, and uh, you know, and uh, I'd gone i had gone in for an interview at uh, WHO, uh, and uh, so there was one night I was I finished work at the Cobblestone, uh, got a pass to go down to the old River Hills where back you know that's what which is where um, uh, Wells Fargo is now. And, oh, yeah, I
1: remember River Hills. I yeah. saw the Star Wars special edition there. Um,
0: yeah, in '96 or '7. Yeah, no, that was yeah, because that, that was the theater. That was the event theater. All those big movies. Like if you if you were living in Des Moines uh, in the '70s into the '80s, you saw all the Star Wars movies there. You saw the Indiana Jones movies there. You saw Back to the Future there. All that it was, you know, it was a grand, huge theater, and uh, which watching this on, on the screen and that uh, on their huge screen uh, helped a lot to make me love the movie along with like the, the surround like the, the end gunfight, the gunfire was just all around you in that giant uh, in that giant movie house. But yeah, I went to the movie then went to a bar that a friend of mine uh, owned at the time. And uh, when I got home um, uh, cause I was still living with my parents And uh, I I got home and there was a note stuck to my bedroom door saying "Call WHO." And I called the guy the next day and he gave me the job. So, (laughs) so yeah. So it's LA Confidential. You know, is is you know marks the anniversaries of my um, my working in television as well. So it, it holds a lot of special place in my heart.
1: Sure. And did you read the book before the movie or is this a situation where the movie said, oh, there's a book and you went and read the book after seeing the movie?
0: Yeah, I was. It was one of those. It was. um, Well, I knew it was based on a book before even going in. But, um, uh, you know, it's like if it's if it's something I haven't read and it's, you know, and, you know, it's closer to the movie. I'm not a very fast reader um, and but I love reading. And so uh, so I was like, okay, I'll watch. I'll usually watch the movie first and then read the book uh and unless there's plenty of time like if i hear something's coming out next year based on this particular novel i'll be like oh i haven't read that yet i was going to read that and i'll pick that up as my next book uh and then be able to uh compare and contrast like gone girl i'd read before the movie had come okay. out sure you know that right. kind of a thing but yeah no this one I, I like every turn of the page as i read the book i just kept going this better be nominated this better be nominated for screenplay at least and uh, that was one of the two oscars that it got that year uh it was completely robbed for best picture uh, by that um
1: titanic uh, that, movie
0: by that boat movie yeah <laughs> um but yeah it won uh, best adapted screenplay and it won best uh supporting actress for kim basinger uh which very uh well deserved on her part because uh, that, that, yeah it's like Kim Basinger was just like, oh, she's kind of the pretty girl, you know, you know, at the time I think, I think she was, maybe she was divorced from Alec Baldwin by this time. I can't remember, but, uh, but yeah, it's like, she was just the, yeah, that pretty actress that had been in, you know, nine and a half weeks. And, and then she, you know, and then she hit this movie and it just, you're like, oh, she can actually act. So. So, I mean, this is only the
1: second time I've ever seen it. it's, I mean, it's, I didn't see it when it came out. I was 13, and I don't think this movie would have appealed to me much as a 13-year-old, but I saw it, I think, in college at some point. But uh, I I was impressed by how tight the script was, right? How everything seemed to tie back and reference each other. It just seemed to be really super well-constructed as a narrative, you know, from the first time, you know, how we meet the three main cops, how these characters kind of mesh and bleed together and learn from each other and challenge each other to guy pierce the end you know having to do i shoot this guy in the back do i have the ability to shoot him in the back to you know en- you know enact justice am i yeah. willing to do that and then of course he, he finally is um like oh yeah there's all sorts of stuff that i i missed the last time uh, i saw this movie there's an awful lot
0: going on here um yeah it's a very dense movie um it really is that's yeah. what
2: i was gonna say like watching this i've seen this movie probably five or six times but Every time I watch it, I'm like, wait, what's the plot again? Like, wh- wh- what's? I, I understand that the poli- the chief police, he's the sort of the cause behind all of these crimes. Like, he's the one taking over for the Mickey Cohen or whatever. But I'm yeah. like, how does this all tie together? And I've, like I said, I've seen it so many times, and I'm always intrigued by it too. Like, I think that's what makes this movie so great. Is like, even if you know what's happening tying everything together is such an interesting view cuz you're like oh wait that's right that's why that killing worked um and then the you know the kevin spacey murder scene too that always like i know it's coming and then like whoa it kind of jumps out at you yeah uh,
1: since you brought that scene up that's a scene i want to talk about and i'm really this might just be a me thing the situation in a movie where there's a conspiracy and somebody goes to somebody that they tr- think they can trust before it turns out we reveal that that person is the head of the conspiracy and they murder the person. Really, I don't love that scene. I didn't love it in Minority Report, and I I didn't love it here. And I don't know how much I like it. It was the only part where the movie really almost rang a little false to me, and I guess I viewed Kevin Spacey's character as so cynical and seeing the angles that he would suspect something's up with this guy. He's been in the police department a long time, and he would have better instincts than to, I'm going to go to this guy's house and talk to him about this like he's a confidant like he and i are i can trust him it's like i don't mm, i don't don't quite accept that but maybe i'm missing something
2: (laughs) why would he suspect that his boss murdered all those people in the night owl and Set up those other guys to get killed. Like, why would he ever think that that happened?
1: He knows somebody in the police department's trying to cover up that he knows the guys aren't guilty, right? He's digging. They they've got that. They framed the black guys, and he's like, "You are sure you want to go digging this up?" He knows somebody high up is doing something nefarious. I mean, he establishes that we know that. Do so I think he would know every little detail and have the whole thing worked out in his head? No. I'm saying he'd be suspicious, a little more cautious, a little more paranoid. 'cause he's like, Oh, are you sure this could ruin your career? Like this is gonna he knows it's gonna piss people off. He knows his career might be in jeopardy. You know, this is his him actually Why making wouldn't the you go to your
2: boss then immediately and be like, but, This is heavy stuff. Like if we need you to know
1: that higher ups are trying to cover it up, why wouldn't you suspect a possible higher up of trying to cover something up?
2: Yeah, but you wouldn't well, expect him to kill you. No, that's <laughs> I true. Know.
1: That's true.
0: Um
1: I guess well, now, I think, and
0: I think too that um that uh that Dudley is um he he's he paints he he's done a really good job of painting himself as everybody's friend you know he's you know he even even with somebody even with somebody like ed like with like guy pierce he's 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 still while he doesn't um really think that he's right for the job he still is uh, you know, cordial with him and willing oh. to it, be helpful to him. So I think, I think that you know, you know, he his character could be uh, the kind of person that people would be blinded to. Um, even
2: when Exley's doing the interrogation, like Dudley's, like, look how awesome this guy is at his even, yeah. though, you know, even though he didn't support him in the beginning because he was going to turn his back on his fellow officers, he's still like, look at him, how amazing this guy is at interrogating these suspects.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, so he's, you know, yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of the kind of he's, I, I, I thoroughly believe that, that, um, that Dudley could be, um, that, uh, two-faced that, you know, that, you know, he, uh, you know, cause he, he, he shows, he shows so many sides of himself to, but only to specific people. Like, you know, I don't think that, um, Guy Pierce or Kevin Spacey, have seen the side that Russell Crowe has with the um, allowing the cop brutality and um, uh, and, you know, know, taking people out to this remote hotel, uh, abandoned hotel and tying them into a chair and beating the crap out of them. Um, yeah, know, Dudley
2: so I, was careful who he told that to. I mean, I think that's in the beginning why he's testing yeah. Exley so much because he's like, I can't trust this guy. Because
0: yeah, can you know, I bring yeah. him into the fold, right. kind of a thing. And you know, and I think he, you know, has you know has had enough history with um uh, with Kevin Spacey to um to know that Kevin's just in it for himself and knows how to um feed his ego and that's it's because because all all he's about is ego sure Yeah. You know, you know,
1: he kevin space is a narcissist we get the narcissist yeah. cop we get the idealist and we get the i don't know guy who hates scumbags who really just hates crime and wants to stop it i don't know yeah. um no that's what makes the movie interesting and i don't know that was just me not being sold on it it's fine i can be in the minority <laughs> and i can be wrong about it but i thought oh you see this guy you know what it takes to get ahead Mm, maybe you wouldn't confront him or at least not without talking to somebody else. Or you'd think hmm, something's up, but it really doesn't ruin the movie for me in any way. It was the one time where I was just kind of like, eh. but I mean, everything else about these three different models of cops and it, it, it's great. And I was shocked by just how unflattering this movie really is for cops. Um, this was, I guess an era where you could kind of show cops being kind of unpleasant and gross and people didn't accuse you of hating all police. Cause it's, it's a really, it tries to be a pretty broad mosaic of what police officers are and what they need to do, and it's really well, interesting. You know,
0: and and you kind of have to think of this as this was the uh, this was the era of the gangster squad. This was, um, you know, this was that um, pre-holding um, cops accountable ethics. Uh, oh right, no. era, you know. So um, I think
1: it was honest in
0: that sense. That's yeah, why I mean, it's I, very, not, it's I'm not very accusing it of being unfair. unfair. Uh, no, I don't
1: think it's being unfair. I think it's being very fair. I think it's being yeah. that's what makes it interesting.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's yeah, and, you know, it's, and it's and it well, and it's also interesting the fact that it 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 shows this unflinchingly, um, and uh doesn't really ask you to sympathize with anybody either. You know, it's uh, you, you know, you you um you just end up uh liking all these people because like you know yeah russell crowe's this you know hard he's a you know uh, bud's a hard nose he like I said beats up scumbags and he's you know a simpleton probably has just barely a high school education and but then you discover this wonderful heart that he has as he falls in love with Lynn and, you know, um, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. He's a he's a narcissist and, you know, the, you know, you're, you're meeting him. He's staging a, a drug bust and for, uh, you know, for a, a gossip rag and getting paid and passing along the money. And, but you, you know, you do as it goes on. You see how kind of charming he is, and then Ed Exley is that you know his his optimism uh, is he's he's that you know he's that kid in class that that would remind the teacher she forgot to you know assign homework. That you just you are sure. like that that kind of guy that you can't really you know you're like dude just you know go with the flow a little bit more and. Um, but then his idealism just you you then see how that it's that it's useful and and you see how dedicated he is to uh to the job. You know, all of it culminating in that scene between between him and Spacey when he talks about Rolo Tomasi, you know, and why he got on the force. And so like I think I think it's it's a it's a fantastic movie that it you know where it starts with here are here you go here are your stereotypes but wait a second
1: oh yeah they then, all get but, challenged yeah. i love it I and the, and the fact, world gets challenged and toyed with and tweaked yeah and, and the fact other. that
0: they don't they don't um they don't really want to work together it's not like it's not a buddy cop movie like uh, like a lesser film would have thrown these three together and made them figure everything out together and they're only to, you know, put together by circumstance, you know, Spacey's, you know, in a completely different department until the bloody Christmas f- fiasco. And then he gets, you know, uh he gets sent down to, uh, uh to homicide and, you know, and, uh, and Russell Crowe just, you know, <laughs> he just, you know, he, he you know, there, he and uh, he and Guy Pearce, they're just the, two ends of the spectrum of a police officer and they will, they they will, you know, they're going to butt heads until the very end. Oh yeah. But that's my
2: favorite part of the movie though, is when they have to work together. Like they, you know, Mm spacey has got his own sort of investigation. That's kind of running parallel with crow and guy Pierce. And they're sort of following each other, going to the same suspects and same places, interrogating the same people. Like, I love that sort of team up, but it's not really team up because they all hate each other. And then they're forced <laughs> to work together, you know, and then there's the whole like uh, Kim Basinger kind of love triangle. That's, that's, you know, kind of more conflict between the three of them. And they all have these opposing ideologies and ideas on how to be police. That, that, that is what I think it makes this movie just absolutely perfect is, is those three guys and and the actors too. I mean, you you talk about the characters that perform it is incredible I mean those you know Kevin Spacey like obviously seems like an absolute creep and oh yeah criminal probably for the most part but like and
1: then he might be in real life too but
2: but no that's what I mean in real life but in this movie he's he's just um, an amazing actor he really is incredible this scene where he's like why'd you become a cop and I don't remember and he starts getting weepy that's like really impressive stuff
0: yeah, no, he's, you know, I mean, once again, I, I think, I, uh, uh, I think I also mentioned this last time is that, you know, you have to kind of have the ability, um, as a movie lover like me, to separate art from artist, you know, otherwise I couldn't enjoy this movie anymore. Uh, and, um, you know, he, and, and, you know, as, as slimy as Kevin Spacey is in real life, he's, you know. Uh, we you know, I have to admit he's he's a, he was he's a damn fine actor, and um you know and this movie proves it. Plus you you know you also have to kind of remember this was the breakout movie really for Guy Pierce and Russell Crowe. Uh, you know they they had done stuff before, but this was the one that you know made them household names. They weren't um you know they were just they were just oh that's that guy from this thing
1: yeah it's pre-gladiator russell crowe and i actually just watched uh the nice guys the other day so it was very trippy to see a very very young and you know just yeah less actually, bloated version yeah. yeah um
0: it's like oh plus, whoa, plus yeah. a nice reunion with with kim basinger i nice know
1: Craig. yeah I, I didn't expect that in the nice guys but yeah oh yeah another la big crime conspiracy um very very a lot of weird random similarities um you mentioned liking them more by the end. I, I you know, I can really tell I probably don't love the movie quite as much as you two. I kind of liked everybody a little bit less, which I don't actually view as a problem. I actually like that I like them less, weirdly. But and it all has to do with Kim Basinger, and it has to do with we see Russell Crowe, you know, real that okay, yeah, he's got anger problems and he hits her. And we've got Guy Pierce. It really feels pretty rapey that scene where he goes to her house yeah, and confronts guess, her. Yeah. It not does a, not feel consensual. It doesn't feel good. It feels slimy and gross. And by the end, I look at those guys and uh, I'm glad they're taking down a big corrupt cop conspiracy ring. But I don't think I love either of them.
2: Well, the it, it, if you're talking about Guy, guy Pierce's character in the end covers it all up. I mean – it, yeah, it's a very well, cynical the, it, view of all of these people.
1: Yeah, I mean, he tells the truth, but he knows it's not going to land anywhere. So he, yeah, he uses it. Well, they to bury. His it. They
2: country. bury that the yeah. chief was behind it all, and he becomes, you know, a rising star in the police department because of it. So it's because it's of, a very cynical view of all these people.
1: You no, know, it is. But I just find myself okay. I don't really really love either of these guys. Yeah. Um, by the end, and and again, I don't. That's really not a problem. I just I think. I like them less and less and less as it be, they become more and more complicated. Um, and it gets nastier and nastier. So by the end, I'm kind of like, oh, I forgot about this scene where he kind of, it's not, it's, he's just kind of sexually assaulting her. It's, oh, I really don't like this. That's really unpleasant. Hmm. Um, and I think it's supposed to be. I don't, yeah. I mean, I, but it's, it's like, oh, we even even the idealist has his own id problems. I and, guess. and
2: so Kim Basinger thought she was helping Bud, right? That's the idea. That's why she slept with him. She thought he was
0: Yeah, she thought she, she she was led on to believe by basically by Dudley through uh the Danny DeVito character, the uh you know, the publisher of uh of Hush Hush the, the, the gossip uh, rag.
1: Can I just say I love Danny DeVito? He's just amazing. Um, he's, he's incredible. Is there a movie he doesn't make better? I mean, he's been in bad movies, but is there a movie he doesn't make better by being in it?
0: Um, I uh, I yeah. couldn't say. Yeah, uh, it's I, yeah, no, he definitely. Um,
2: well, it, and my connection with Devito, I mean, other than all of these other movies, is it's always sunny, and he's like such a character in that show versus like his performances in
0: movies. It's it's amazing. He's yeah, he's the best. Danny Devito's the best. But yeah, no, I think that's I think yeah, that's that's what um Lynn was led to believe that that. Framing X Lee with these photos was going to help Bud, and instead, um, uh, it's just used to uh, make him all the more angry. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I think I think um, you know two of the 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 best scenes in the movie take place in that interrogation room. Like, you know, the interrogation of the three uh, suspects. Um, it, you know, that's that's a centerpiece of the movie, and it's just an amazing. Um, and it's an amazing scene, amazing uh, in in its writing and how it's filmed, and and especially you know that moment uh, that you're watching Russell Crowe's grip on that chair tighten and tighten until the chair just snaps and he runs at, you know out of the room, and you know it's it yeah it's just it, it the the way that's all staged and the, and the acting in it is just fantastic, and then that final. That final moment where they're where they've got Exley in the interrogation room and 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 uh you know and they're 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 sitting there discussing what they want to do and he starts smiling as, as if you know they're like you know and he goes you know uh, and he you know they're like what are you smiling about and, and he's like you know you know you're gonna need a you're gonna need a uh, a story and and you're like hey, what? you know it's like they're like they're like can you hear us what does yeah and um you know yeah he's yeah his um you know in essence he kind of um through watching through his own idealism and also watching the watching his idealism kind of get shattered by reality becomes dudley by the end of the movie probably not to the extreme he's not going to try to kill people and, and take over criminal enterprise but he has become the officer that dudley has said can you be this guy by the end of the movie
1: no yeah i mean you got all these views about justice and what that means and um sometimes it means not being literally following the rules and and yeah i mean obviously guy pierce becomes convinced of that by the end like okay i guess he was ultimately right sometimes you just gotta shoot somebody in the back is the only way to get justice (laughs) because if i let him walk away justice won't be served because nobody will believe he did all this stuff
2: Mm-hmm. i I love the interrogation scene the switching the the audio on and off between the two rooms is like I've never seen that in a movie before, and it's amazing just to watch him do that but I did have a nitpick post the interrogation like I didn't and and I've always thought this every time I've seen this movie why did they let those guys go like that you had, okay, so there's suspects of the night owl. They determine that there's this other crime that they kidnapped this woman and had her. Well, they
0: didn't let him go. They, they, escaped. They, they escaped. Do
2: we see that, or do they just? No, we say don't that? see it.
0: We hear we we hear about it, and yeah, so they they um uh they were able to escape. Whether or not they, they you know were let go were so let go did. by you know like Dudley kind of like trying to stoke the fire or. Uh, that maybe you know know, it could have been completely it's never fully explained you know it's just you that you hear it on the uh, radio that these uh, that these guys have escaped and so they go after them
1: yeah I assumed they were like I mean we don't know that but I assumed it was a situation he wanted them dead so they couldn't undermined you know the narrative that they actually did the killing you didn't want them around to ever someday do that so if they're out and about and they're escaped criminals it's easier to shoot them and then they're dead and can't talk that's what i assumed yeah and how else would they get out of like a they're in an interrogation room at a cop station Well, that's what's so confusing
2: about it is like how how would they get out that doesn't make any
0: sense unless yeah
1: them being let out makes more sense to me but i don't know Um, yeah i
0: think i think they're you know there's kind of like a you know i think people do question that and they're like you know how 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 did that happen? And it's like, you know, well they they overpowered a guy, and you know, it's like, yeah, it's probably yeah, it's probably Dudley with his you know with his hand uh hand in that cookie jar.
1: This isn't a nitpick, but I have advice for people in L.A. in the 1950s. Close your curtains, please. If you want to not have people to spy on you, don't do things right in the middle, exposed uh get two or three scenes where like people are doing stuff just completely visible from the street like okay you just close your curtains close your curtains you can get a little bit of <laughs> privacy you guys uh guys with those big flashbulb cameras can't take pictures of you if you're uh, you know what turns are closed it was like uh, they said that two or three I times. think Devito
2: would find a way he'd find no, a I, way it's in. fine i know i yeah. just
1: was like it just happened a bunch of times like oh gosh I know my curtains are always closed at home unless it's like the middle of the day and I want some sun and I'm just looking out and nothing interesting is happening that people can see. So, um, <laughs> yeah, mine way. are
0: too. Like, I, I, when and I live in a townhome. So I'm like, everybody's like on top of each other here. And I'm like, you don't need to see in my place. You know? Right.
1: So. <laughs> yeah. So nobody's going to see me like doing drugs. Like, oh gosh, it's well lit. People can see a lit room in the, like that. Yeah. It's, it's a, <laughs> the abuse there's the yeah um guy that Kevin Spacey arrests there's they see Lynn with Russell Crowe I mean it's a, it happens a bunch but again that's not a, that's not a serious problem I just thought it was funny um I so here's this isn't about the movie directly Curtis Hansen, the director I, I guess I find myself fascinated by his career right I mean we're, we're talking about this being a, a basically perfect movie nearly perfect excellent and it's viewed that way but his career I, I it's like i look at him like i've heard of some of these movies that he's directed but not many is this a case where he just doesn't have a distinct style so we just kind of don't think of
0: him as making these other movies i think so i think he's um uh he's yeah he's he's definitely one of those just all around um good directors you know you look at you look at um you know like I think his his major breakout was "Hand the Rocks the Cradle," um, and uh, but before that he did, um, um, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember the name of it, the the, the thriller with uh, uh Rob Lowe and James Spader, um, that um, that's actually very good. It's just kind of one of those uh, forgotten movies. It was actually it was it, I remember when it came out because. had it, it, influence. Bad influence. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I remember when that came out that it was, um, cause, cause it does involve like, uh, you know, videotaping and, and Rob Blow was playing against type. Cause he, you know, he, he, he hadn't played like that really, really slimy character yet. But it, unfortunately it came out right after Rob Lowe's sex tape scandal back in the late eighties. And so since there is videotaping involved in that and, and videotaping somebody have you know having sex and and all that you know it just kind of was like art and life coming together kind of movies um but yeah i know he did hand of the rocks the cradle he did wonder boys you know it, you know he yeah he had he, he just he just didn't really stick to a genre but he did like he made really good movies
2: river wild's pretty good i like that movie yeah river uh, the eight mile is weird that, though like, yeah, eight miles eight mile, weird one. like what? and
1: in her shoes um i mean i was just he's kind actually of fascinated.
2: He's, he passed away it looks like in yeah, 2016 he so he's no yeah. longer with us
1: um no,
2: um, no, yeah, so, no i mean
1: sure. it's well directed this is a well directed movie although it's it's really not ostentatious right i mean we did uh blow out a while ago and that's a movie where you see directors influence all over the place and this is one where you know, it's well directed. It's not. There's no problems with it. I just didn't think about it. It Didn't get it. it accentuated the story, and the story yeah, was right I think at the he, forefront.
2: He's the product of a of a time where like the screenwriter could like really put their stamp on a movie, and like it's more about the story and the writing than it is about how it looks visually. I mean, it's well executed, and it. Lo- I mean, it looks great, but there's no like signature directing in it. You're just kind of watching the story unfold. It's definitely more of a, a story driven movie than than a director. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if that exists much anymore.
0: It really didn't exist much in 1997 either. Um, I think is what helped make this stand out uh, as well. And and it um, one of the best uh, compliments I've ever heard for the movie came actually from my dad. Um, cause then, uh, cause I took him to see it uh, when it was in theaters and the next day he, he said he, that he couldn't remember if the movie was in color because it is that classic oh yeah of okay. noir that's interesting you know, and it's and it's very and it's very old school storytelling it's very you know and you know everything about it uh harkens back to the classic noirs and um you know so i uh, that's i think that's another reason why I, I i enjoy it so much is that it is it's well while well, it, while well, my dad couldn't remember if it's in color it's also a gorgeous movie. No, it looks like, great. Yeah, it looks he, amazing. He, yeah, he found a way to make everywhere he shot in LA look beautiful, even in the even in the bad neighborhoods. You know, it just you know, you've got you know, crisp blue California skies and just everything, you know, the you know, the cars are you know, are still all shiny and You know, and you know, and it's kind of of a you know, you know, uh, rose-colored glasses look back at you know, or just like 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 the look of the movie feels like a memory of what LA was, you know. And even though you know the movie itself and the story and the characters is not rose-colored glasses, you know, as we've said, it's it's very it's it's a very unflinching portrayal of how bad the cop the police system was what? in the day.
2: And isn't that sort of like Hollywood on the surface? It's beautiful and amazing to look yeah. at, but once you get right under there the a little end. bit, it's a little yeah, dirty.
1: DeVito, and yep.
2: it, as long as we're talking about some Kim Basinger, you mentioned, you know, she's beautiful in this movie. She is amazingly beautiful. Oh, yeah. It is it is striking how great she looks in this movie.
0: Incredible. I say, I say it's, I, I call, I, I think it's one of um her introduction is one of the greatest. Like, Cinematic introductions, you and know. She's supposed with, to up there her. with Gilda, you know. It's just like she just, she's just, she kind of comes in. You sort of see her because she's wearing that hood, kind of cape thing, and then you know, and then he's then Russell Crowe says "Merry Christmas," and she turns, and it's like and it's kind of been like an iconic, iconic photo from the movie too. Yeah. It's that turn and look, and that just her golden hair and her, you know, and her skin, everything, you know, kind of. Civilized that is super this classic woman. Hollywood.
1: That yeah, that yeah. feels like
0: it could be a 40s well, or 50s movie.
1: She's supposed movie.
2: to look like Veronica Lake. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm an ignorant person when it comes to like 40s cinema, <laughs> but um, is she? I mean, is she a pretty famous actress from that time period? Yeah, she was. Oh, she yeah. was a.
0: She was a very famous um, actress. She was one of those whose um, sh- uh, her star burned burned bright and fast. Uh, like she, she had a, you know, a very good, um, a moment there. And then when her star started to kind of fade, um, she just, she was one, she's one of those, you know, Hollywood cautionary tales. Like she, you know, she, she, um, I, you know, she, I think she got into alcohol and, and, um, then like had, you know, problems on sets and had problems finding jobs and just, and kind of just, you know, deteriorated and I, I you know i don't think she died super young but i don't think she really she i i want to say she only lived into her like 40s or 50s something like that but yeah she was she's one of those that was um you know she was she was gorgeous and you know you know the, you know, the potential to be like a mega star and then just it just everything collapsed on her and uh and she so like she you know she went from being top star to trying to you know, scratch out work in, in you know you know the the B Bill pictures and stuff like that. So you know, but yeah, show yeah no, I think yeah she looks a lot like uh a Veronica Lake. I think I think by the 50s, um Veronica Lake would have been gone from Hollywood. I think if I remember correctly. Uh, I could be wrong on some of this some of these details. It's you know it's been a while since I've read up on her, but but yeah no it's it it's um yeah she's just one of those Hollywood tales of you know bang you're a star okay you're not a star anymore <laughs> kind of a thing
1: yeah this is a great way to think about it. i'm trying to think there's only one time watching this where i was kind of aware of the camera and it's not even a huge shot i mean it's when russell crowe first goes to the rich guy's house his name i don't recall but he goes to the rich guy's house oh yeah, Pierce yeah. Pierce Patchett, there we go Goes, it's a shot over Russell Crowe's left shoulder, and we see him walk up to like the garage, and he looks down at Pierce Patchett, who's like He's
2: chipping. He's chipping. Oh, yeah, chipping. His, his and that was golf. the one
1: where it was like a, I don't know if it was a crane, but it was like that was the one where I was like, oh yeah, here's the camera doing something kind of flashy. Other than that, I didn't even think about the camera and like where it's pointing, what you know, what's happening. Outside of that shot.
2: But you see like the rolling Hollywood Hills and you got this movie. It's just, it's incredible stuff. Like just to be in Hill there. Is. Yeah.
0: And then once again, another, another fantastic performance. We haven't mentioned David Strathairn yet. Amazing. I mean, He's he incredible. Just, uh, you know, Once again, another, another actor like, like, uh, like DeVito, like you put Strathairn in something and it, you've, or, you've already made it better. Well, yeah, we he's talked, great in Nomadland. He's great in that. And we too. talked about uh, sneakers, where Ben thought he was actually blind in that movie. Yeah, no, yeah. I did too. Yeah, I that that was the first time I'd ever seen him. Like, I because I saw that in theaters, I, that was the first time I ever saw that. And then I then I think I saw him in something else. It, it might have even been like uh, I think it might have been Matewan. Uh, uh, and I'm like, oh wait, that's the blind guy. He's not really blind. Okay, <laughs> he's just an amazing actor. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah no there's another one sneakers yeah there's another um uh kind of forgotten classic oh. yeah no Straithairn, his character in this he's just you know it it so could have been one of those you know you get another actor in that role and it could have been one of those chew the scenery slimy character pieces and Straithairn just plays him sophisticated
1: and calm slimy. and self assured and yeah. yeah.
0: So
2: he was working with Dudley, right? They're just kind of taking over the crime together.
0: Yeah, because that- uh, yeah, with uh, he would have had the the smut angle and right
2: he would have had the. But then uh, Dudley cuts him loose, and in the end, literally, yeah. right, cuts his. Yeah,
0: literally. Uh, but yeah, no, just yeah, and and I do really like that scene too, where it's like, you know, two guys trying to have the power play, and neither relenting. You know, they know, they, you know, it, you know, they, they, it, it's just such a good, um, you can't quite call it a battle of wits because of, you know, it's Russell Crowe's, it's still, he's kind of a simple character. Like I said, he, you know, he probably just has a high school education and then went into, uh, probably went into the army and then became a cop. And um, so he's very much of a kind of a grunt cop kind of a guy, but it's still, it's just such a great back and forth between them because you know you know russell's just he's so tunnel visioned and pierce is kind of tunnel visioned too because he knows which side his bread's buttered and uh you know he's and so yeah he's self-assured and everything so it's a great scene they're like oh like almost like almost every scene in this movie just great but um because you know and and just to have those you know it's, it, it's just two great actors too uh even though we really didn't know much russell Crowe up to that point but it was it was great to see them uh playing off each other
1: and even uh, that woman who doesn't realize she's got a corpse rotting under her house (laughs) i was like oh, i don't know where they found her but she's she really seems like just a confused sweet old lady who doesn't seem to realize how how badly she's kind of stepped in it um i just like feel so bad for her in every scene just just feel terrible for her um
0: like, yeah another thing yeah too of like all of the all of the threads of you know of like the that uh, yeah that uh uh the body like the, the the buzz meeks the body under the under the, the house you know was, you know had used to work with you know pierce patchett and and you know russell crowe's ex partner had known him but didn't admit to it and you know it's just just all of all of the deception in this movie is uh it's it, it it's great, but you just want to strangle all those people because sure. <laughs> you're like because like god damn it, just you know play it straight. Just tell me tell me what you're doing.
2: <laughs> I just had a quick question. So Damon, this movie ninety nine percent Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Do you ever have? I, I flipped through. It, I didn't see a review from you. Do you what? ever have like desire to? Obviously you've seen this movie many times or didn't write a review right when it came out. Like, right,
0: no, I was yeah, I wasn't reviewing at the uh, time. It do, just, do you ever have a desire
2: to like write a review to have it up there or you know if you did, would it be uploaded at any point?
0: I think point? yeah, I would, yeah. No, I, I would probably do um like um uh I've done uh, a couple times I've done appreciation articles. Uh like when they um uh when they released um Jurassic park in 3d, uh, for, I think it was its 20th anniversary. Um, uh, uh, I did kind of a little appreciation article on that because that was the, you know, that summer of 93 was not just Jurassic park. It was the first, uh, that was the first summer. It was like, I just, I'd had a disastrous, uh, freshman year in college. I dropped out of one college and I was trying to find my place and where I was going to go. And, and i got a job at a movie theater and um you know and and we uh you know we had we got jurassic where we were the fir- it was the old forum four which is where the uh, uh uh hobby lobby up on merle hay road is now um and we were the first theater to get that dts sound system uh which you know exactly everybody kept asking us well why didn't they install this down at the river hills and you know which is where it would have been logical to put it and um, and they uh, they had looked at the system uh, and dis- discovered that it wasn't uh, the it wasn't compatible with the audio system in there. And so ours was like the next uh, the next largest screen, uh, the main the, our our middle main screen. And uh, so they so they gave it to our theater. So we were huge, packed uh, all the time. Uh, and then funny funnily, they were like, oh, we got. Uh, Spielberg's got another movie coming out called Schindler's List. We'll do, we'll, let's, we want to put that at the River Hills, but let's let's install that DTS because that's really popular apparently. And they installed it and then turned it on and then went, oh yeah, <laughs> this isn't compatible. And so they had to shut the theater down even more to re to install a new sound system as well as the DTS sound. Um, but yeah, no, was, and then you know then the floods of '93 happened and. In the midst of all of that, I it was I had my you know, it was my first love and things like that. So I had a I wrote a nice little appreciation of what Jurassic Park beyond being a great movie meant to me. So I've done those kind of articles before. So I you know, I'd probably do something like that. I should probably I should probably do something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I yeah, I think so. I mean if I, I- <laughs> Not not that you're going to bump it up to 100% because I guess that's impossible, but uh, I would try to <laughs> reduce any movies I love that I think needed more attention.
2: I think there's one negative review.
1: Yeah, I just it's like one,
2: two at most. Yeah, one rotten review out of 161 reviews.
0: Yeah. Whoever that was, they're, they're probably regretting that now. Or they like the attention. I don't know. Oh, that too. You know there's so spe- there's there are those reviewers well, that, that i get write,
1: la confidentials and good movie and like all of you
0: yeah uh-huh. <laughs> yeah there's the people that trying. write only positive reviews just to get poll quotes i know those kinds of reviewers and then there's you know those that will do like we'll try to go against the grain a lot like just because you know.
1: yeah you want attention you want to seem interesting sure i got it um <laughs> All right. Well, I I mean, it's an excellent movie. Uh, Any other specific thoughts you want to talk about with LA Confidential?
0: Um, Oh, and whether there is like, like like with anybody's favorite movies, you like, you know, you constantly, um, you know, you think, you know, everything you know about a movie and then, you know, and then, you know, you'll learn something interesting years later. Like, um, I remember Ebert was, um, uh, used to actually do, um, uh, Discussions of Citizen Kane. You know that was his favorite movie of all time, and um, and he was he was doing one of these lectures at a uh, uh one time, and um, they, you know the scene with the where you know when they first introduce Kane as a child, and the camera is what you know, you're watching him on the on the hill with his sled, and the camera pulls back and comes you see it's coming through a window into the cabin and across the room. And he was talking about how, you know, because they're, you know, it's with the technology at the time, they didn't have like arms and stuff to do that. You know, so he um, he he could never figure out how they had done that and had all of the furniture in place and, and everything. And he was showing the scene to the to the audience and someone says, wait, the chair moved. And so they rewound it. Looked at it again, and sure enough, they, you see, there's a chair slightly wobbles, and so it was. So then it was during that discussion that he he learned, kind of, or figured out that they probably had people pulling the stuff in underneath the camera as it moved until it got into frame. And so he, you know, so he learned about that. And like, so I'm like, I was just like kind of looking some stuff up, and I was, um, I was just kind of looking up some pictures for, uh, and uh, ended up on an article of like. Shooting locations of in LA of for LA confidential and everything. And, uh, you know, some of my new and everything, but the one I found interesting that I didn't know is that the, uh, uh, the office, the, the building that they used for the uh, district attorney's office in the scene where they like, hang him out the window to try and get him to confess everything that's up with him is literally across the street from the night owl. The, 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 the well, that that scene is interesting too because he has like
2: a window with these like wood boards that he they push him through that rustle yeah, like, like a Russell little lattice It's so and, weird, yeah, yeah. I've always that's it's that, always stuck and he doesn't have the windows aren't closed in this big
0: office building. Are you just well yeah. you you know like well that's the one thing too. I'm always I I always think it's like don't people in the movies own screens. Like what's sure. with all these houses that people just yeah. open the window and step yeah. out onto their on, onto the roof and and climb down the trellis to get out and
2: I wonder and, can you see the night owl when he's hanging out the window? I don't know
0: if you uh, I, I didn't I didn't check check to see that but yeah no the yeah the location the 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 which is an actual deli that I, um, apparently is still in um uh, in operation today. Really, but, wow. Yeah, um, it. Um, uh, that uh, that deli is literally across the street from the building that they used for the exteriors of the DA's office, which you know it, it just seems funny, you know, if you think about it in the context of the of like, you know, the the you know the impetus area, you know, the building that yeah you know, where everything starts and and the building where they basically confirm their their hunches. Um. So yeah, no, it's you know just kind of it was just kind of a fun little. Uh, fun little fact. Like the and the bar that Kevin Spacey's at before he um before he goes to see Dudley. Uh, I guess that's a you know that's a, a very famous bar in in L. A. Uh, still once again also still in operation. Been there been there for decades and still I mean it like looks that way. It's just designed to look like uh a bar from that, that era.
2: That also oh. stood out to me too because like he leaves a fifty dollar bill and like what's a fifty dollar bill in 1953 like is that like leaving a 500 bill or you
0: know whatever right now yeah, is that that is a that's, that's a lot, lot of that, money a lot yeah that that bartender uh uh yeah. ate pretty for quite a while yeah <laughs> um but yeah no so, and but it's such a great scene moment too it's just like a wordless i'm done with this shit yeah you know, leaving, leaving that bill which was a which was a bribe you know to him you know, another uh, another bribe from to get a, uh, Basically, got a guy killed. He's really
2: the one yeah. guy that redeems himself fully. You know, I suppose Russell Crowe kind of does, but he, you know, he's sort of shot at the end of the movie. He doesn't stand up for the the conspiracy. He doesn't make sure that it's all exposed. But Spacey right. does, and then
0: he gets killed. Yeah, he so. gets. Yeah, he's he's yeah he's he's killed for his his um his uh, his heart basically. <laughs> But yeah and it is and like I said like you said it was you know it's a great mo- mo- uh, moment in the movie too because it's shocking uh uh cuz this the beat of when the when the gunshot happens when Kevin Spacey's killed it's not in a normal spot so it does you know it does surprise you every time
2: it's like a jump scare yeah yeah, it's no, pretty, it,
0: yeah it's, it is your your brain's
1: coded to think it's safe right it's, this is people yeah. pouring tea and talking. Every time you see that movies, usually people talk. They might get angry or whatever, but nobody's in pain and nobody's fighting. It's reflective. And then yeah, he turns around
2: and
1: <laughs> so that works um as a shock. Um uh.
2: Well, so Ben, I'm interested at you know to hear what you would rate this movie. You said you didn't think you liked it as much as as well, Damon. Well, I think I. you
1: guys like it an insane amount. I, four and a half out of five for me. I think it's an incredible <laughs> movie. I just it's not going to be one of my all time favorites forever. It's wouldn't make my, you know, top twenty, and uh, you know it's not my personal favorite. I don't know that I think it's perfect it's close to it but i don't think it's quite there for me subjectively that that's where i'm at I, it's not i mean i don't it's not i'm not giving it two stars out of five or something i mean it's it's extremely well made um well written all that stuff there's just a couple of beats that don't work and i just it's just not quite doesn't take me off into the stratosphere cinematically speaking uh, you know anyway so what about you? you guys both five out of five?
0: Oh yeah definitely <laughs> yeah yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I think that was pretty obvious from the get-go. Sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's five stars for me. So I started doing this thing on Letterboxd where I have like a list of what I consider five-star movies. And a lot of them I'm re-watching, like I've already seen them before, but I didn't log it that way. And it's it's kind of fun to add to that list. So like, you know, re-watching it for this, I'm like, yep, absolutely. Another five-star movie. So I have, I think I have 33 total five-star movies now. Um, but a hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't think you can – I mean, I, I don't know how you disagree with that. I, it's, I think this is it the best cop movie.
1: How many movies are the greatest movie ever? I mean, how big is that list? How Like if it's the hundred. best It's in movie? the top
2: 50 for so, sure. Uh,
1: at what point do we stop saying it's one of the greatest? Once you're 101, it's not one maybe, of the greatest because yeah. you're not in the top 100? Okay. Yeah. Huh. Not, maybe it's top 100. I don't know. Um, but I'd have to think about it it would
0: get consideration I, at I, least i would really hope that it would be in the top 100 at least
1: i don't know i got pretty weird taste though damon so i don't know well yeah um, there's
0: that too i uh, mean cuz 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 like you know i'm one of those uh you know uh, on letterboxd too it's like uh you know there's you know there's there's five star movies and four and a half star movies but it's 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 a very subjective five and four and a half or four stars For something because you know it's it's i judge them more on the movie themselves rather than this is four or five four to five stars you know in the entire realm of cinema like you know like you know it and so you know i've I've, (laughs) we've even had uh, with the die doom guys we've had little arguments too of like it's like how did you give that only two stars because it's it's this movie but yeah but it's a brilliant type of bat movie it should be four you know that kind of a thing sure yeah
1: sure so someday i'll write down my my top 100 and we'll see i don't know it might be it might be in the top 100 there's a good it'd have a chance it would be it would get considered i guess so i mean again i could just be me being uh myself i don't know
0: um well out of subjectiveness too like the movie that was my all-time favorite before that movie was beverly hills cop so sure you know it's a super fun movie yeah i think it's i think it's probably well it's definitely eddie murphy's best movie and you know i think which
1: feels like damning with faint praise i don't he just feels like he doesn't have nearly enough for a guy that's been in so many movies he doesn't have that many that you would think are
0: that great at least i don't know that well i mean he like almost all of his output in the 90s was you know yeah he was in a lot of movies they're the 90s yeah oh yeah so yeah no definitely a five you know obviously five star movie all right Robbed for the best picture, just robbed. Ah, uh, well, I can add it's the better than Titanic. Movies. I mean,
2: oh, for sure, 100. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I
1: agree with that. That's fine. Uh, no argument for me on that. Titanic's perfectly fine movie. It's decent. It's good for what it is. It's fine. But
2: this I is mean, it, the fact that it made that much money, I suppose, is one of the like factors you have to. I will.
0: There. I will give Cameron the best director Oscar over Curtis Hansen They were both nominated. Sure. Yeah. Only. Only due to the fact that Cameron got the general movie going public to go back multiple times to see a three-hour-plus movie in theaters, that's directing.
1: My sisters saw the movie multiple times for sure. Yeah, yeah, um,
0: yeah, It's so he so you know he did something something right to have that happen. So I will I grant that Oscar to Titanic.
1: So it's Titanic. Uh, Is it also a classic Hollywood movie just with like an updated, super modern, big budget for special effects? Do you want to give it that sort of level of classic Hollywood with that? I would say probably.
0: Yeah, storytelling wise, you know, it's it's a you know it's 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 kind of along the same lines as um, A Night to Remember or um, um, uh, you know yeah those you know like a lot of those uh, classic melodramas. Yeah. It's of, a
2: romance uh, at the core yeah. of it all. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm just yeah. trying to, I'm trying to make an, an, an classic Hollywood comparison to Titanic and LA confidential is all where my yeah. head's now going.
0: Um, I would say that. Yeah. I would say that you, it, y- y- you could, you could make an argument for it hearkening back to that. Um, but I think the, I think, I think the draw, I think the draws are different though. I think with, with Titanic, it, it was the young stars and the effects Sure. Oh yeah. And yeah, La Confidential. It's the draw is the story. Sure. No, that's true.
1: That's true. Titanic's a lot more ostentatious from a visual standpoint.
0: Um. Yeah. I mean, I right. could, I could just go with just, you know, just seeing a movie of, of the just, the boat sinking scene. Is is you know if that was just the movie. That would that movie would have been great. Okay. Yeah.
1: You cut out the <laughs> hour of like.
0: Yeah, the the cinematic the, foreplay. Well, the story doesn't. Existing. I mean, there's nothing much
2: to it, if you ask me, in terms of. Yeah, the, it's, it's, it's a, it's a it's ship hitting an uh, iceberg and sinking like that. <laughs> like, yeah, not the most interesting <laughs> story. But.
1: Well, I think the passengers would disagree. You get to know the characters and see the sense of loss. <laughs> they had quite a night, that's them. for sure. Yeah, you you meet uh, them and see. Oh my, this is now. If, some of what we lost
2: in if Quint was on the Titanic and then he was fighting off sharks all night now that a, then sign me up But
0: oh yeah for sure they 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 would have gotten their bigger boat well, that's true
1: <laughs> that's true um, alright so is it time to uh, connect this to Field of Dreams are we ready for that if
0: you build you will come I believe so Yeah.
1: Okay. Damon, you want to go first? Okay,
0: sure. Um. So, uh. So I went with Guy Pearce. Okay. Who, of course, was in Memento with with Joey Pants, Joe Pantoliano. Mhm. Uh, Joey Pants was in Midnight Run with Robert De Niro. And De Niro was in Backdraft with Donald Sutherland, who was in JFK with Kevin Costner.
1: Okay. Well done.
0: Those are some I good w- movies.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've never seen Midnight Run. Is that, ne- uh, ne- oh my gosh. Sorry, I don't know.
0: You're is in the- for a treat. Okay. I it
1: is. Will- it, it's,
0: it's. still. I've. Uh, uh, it's one of those movies. I don't probably put it in once a year, but I, you know, I at least go to it every other every other year or so. It's. It's a movie that holds up so well. Okay.
2: It's like before De Niro really tried to be funny, but he is funny. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's he's funny without trying to be, and I think later on he it's like oh I can just be in comedies now, and it's like it doesn't work no, as well. it's it's,
0: no. it's it's a it's a similar it's a similar comedy style of say Tommy Lee Jones in the Men in Black movies. Yeah, where, yeah, he, where yeah. Where he, it's he plays tight, it straight, straight, and, and the and directing around
1: him makes the comedy work. Yeah, right? Right. sure, right, yeah, got it. That that would be the best way to get comedy out of De Niro, I think. Yeah, like no, the usual it. tough guy. And we'll work it all. We'll handle it with the editing, the directing, the other people, yeah. the writing. We'll make it. And you out. got
0: Charles Grodin as his as the as the funny man, and that's just okay. That's comedy gold there.
1: All right, yeah. And we we yeah we talked about Memento, which is also great. Um. All right, I'll hop in next. I went with Danny DeVito. Um, I, I went to Death to Smoochy, which is a movie. <laughs> oh God.
0: I saw that in theaters. I
1: I, I was told it, it was. Too. I didn't see it in theaters. I remember hearing it was awful. And at some reason, in some reason, I don't know why I saw it and I thought that was actually kind of decent. I
2: hated like, it. I, I hated I, it.
0: I, I didn't I, think it's, I, are you guys like you're in that? You hated the movie club. Uh, yeah. If there was, there was one other person in the theater and if they hadn't been there, I know I would have shouted at some point saying, make it stop. Oh wow. <laughs> yep. Yeah. hundred percent agree. No. Oh, okay. I, I liked it, but because I, I, yeah, I went to it out of the curiosity of, OK, everybody's saying this is a bad movie because I've done because because there have been movies like that where like, you know, movies that would have like a, you know, if Rotten Tomatoes had existed at the time, like a like a under a 10 percent um or whatever. And I've gone to see them and enjoyed them. Not you know, not like the not not in the same realm of, of the Die of Doom movies, but, you know, just like, oh, what, what the hell do the critics know? You know, it's, and it kind of does feed into where, you know, I always I always tell people, yeah, as a critic, I, I will tell you, we are all full of crap.
1: <laughs> well i don't that scene where he's baked the cookies to look like penises and he pulls them out during the filling the kitchen that just that made me bust a gut laughing i just thought that was <laughs> so absurd and then he looks at it and he has to think of what to do and then he says it's a rocket ship and i i guess to me that that was funny to me that that absurdity of that moment worked for me um that alone was enough for me to think it's not that bad i had one actual good laugh but
0: uh, <laughs> Well, uh-huh. I always, I also always say every bad movie has at least one good moment.
1: Sure. Oh, okay. All right. That's there that's an interesting hypothesis. Okay, I'll have to consider that. I think I think I might have seen somewhere. I think there were no good moments, but
2: that's Ed Norton, having... right? Ed Norton is. He's the lead. That's is. that's where it started. Like, I don't think I like this guy as an actor. After I saw it. Oh wow. It. Yeah.
1: Okay. Interesting. Well, I went with Ed Norton from Death is Mucci to the remake of Italian Job, which I've not seen. Loved that You know, Italian. That's job, a good one. So That's a good. Go. right to an Ed Norton movie you like. Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Got it. Okay. Um, Donald Sutherland is in that movie, and uh, he's also in JFK with Kevin Costner, who is the lead in Field of Dreams. So.
0: Wait, Kevin Costner's in Field of Dreams? Yeah. <laughs> oh. No, it's a glimpse, and you're now and I get the of Dreams name. Yes. Oh, it took me a while. I'll come together. <laughs>
2: uh, so I went with two. I think. God, if there are not one A and one B of my favorite actors of all time, so I went with uh, Russell Crowe in this movie. Uh, probably my favorite actor. He's been in movies that aren't great, but he might be my favorite actor. I don't think he's the best actor. He's just maybe my favorite. And then well,
1: well, that's such a fascinating. Why is he your favorite actor?
2: He's of all the actors and all he does the, when he shows up is like the, the coolest just plays guy your ever. kind of guy. You yeah, just, he's, he's my kind of guy. guy. Movies, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All muscle. Okay. And then he's in a movie called Body of Lies, which I really like that movie. Um, it's DiCaprio's a in it. Spy movie? It's a spy movie, yep. Okay. He plays like a oh, senator, right. I think.
1: Yeah. I, I have seen that one a long time ago, and I barely yeah. remember it. DiCaprio's yeah, in seeing...
2: like Afghanistan or something, and he's like sort of undercover. Uh, yeah, it's like a CIA kind of espionage yeah, kind of movie. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha, yes.
0: I Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm like, yeah, Is no. It, I, Tony, I, it might be Tony Scott. Uh, it sounds
2: like a Tony
1: Scott kind or of movie. Might be Ridley, I no it might be
2: Ridley Scott. It might be a Ridley Scott movie. It's one of the Scots, I think. Okay. It's a Scott movie. It's a Scott movie. Uh, Leo's in Quick and the Dead, Sam Raimi movie. Um, I like that movie a lot. Uh, Russell Crowe's also in Quick and yeah. the Dead.
0: Uh, I think that was the, that was the first movie I remember... It was either that or virtuosity. Virtuosity
2: is definitely the first time I saw Russell Crowe. I think
0: it might be virtuosity. And I he think is before it.
2: psychotic in that movie, like yeah. absolutely insane uh, and hilarious, by the way. He's not trying to be funny, but it is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Sharon Stone's in The Quick and the Dead. She's in a movie I have never heard of or seen called Alan Quartermain and the Lost City of Gold. Ah, seems like a Indiana <laughs> yes. Jones ripoff.
0: Yes, it's yeah. Since it, yeah um, it's a yeah. Uh, Canon Films doing their own Indiana Jones. They did two Alan Quatermain, which is which were like I think they were uh, I think they were either pulp novels from back in the 30s or they were or they, they were the like adventure serials. It it is it wasn't as uh or, no no it's I think it's um uh, Robert E Howard I think it might be him I can't remember who it's but it is it's a character from back in the day. And Cannon got the rights to them, and did, and they were like, "Oh, Indiana Jones is popular. Let's yeah. do a couple, a couple of, yeah, Richard Chamberlain as a as an Indiana Jones type character." So, yeah, no, they're fun, um, for what they are. Um, yeah, they're they're, they're those fun little B B pictures from the '80s. Oh, well,
2: apparently James Old Jones is also in that movie, and <laughs> he's in uh, Field of Dreams.
1: Okay. Literally never heard of those before. That's that's incredible. Okay. Yeah, there's
0: like yeah I I uh, can't remember what the other but there's like two Alan Quartermain movies. Okay. Um, what
2: a what a name, Alan Quartermain.
0: That's yeah. just it's like Chester
2: Copperpot, you know, like
0: this is crazy. <laughs> sure, name. sounds like an old British explorer yeah. guy.
1: Sure, yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah, so no, yeah, so yeah, but it was yeah, it was uh, good old good old Canon Films doing the uh doing what they could with uh with an old property and capitalizing on a popular trend
1: all right eric you ready to find out what we're talking about next week
0: yeah yeah so ben do some
2: trivia uh damon feel free to jump in. you're probably going to guess it before me but <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's yeah i think hear so, so I, I always like to start with the year so the year is 1988 so where whatever was happening in 1988 um so terry gilliam was offered the chance to direct this movie but he said no because it was too technically challenging passed up on the chance to direct this movie Mm. um so speaking of technical uh third clue it won the oscar for best sound effects again in 1989 for a movie that came out
2: in 1988 is this a
1: musical ben i'm neither confirming nor denying whether or not it's a musical
2: (laughs) all right (laughs) Um,
1: that's interesting that that's where your head's at um uh, all right, I, I struggled to get with clues that were not either totally useless or gave it away, so uh, I'll go with number four. I, I think, Damon, I suspect you'll get it. We'll see if Eric can. The, it stars Bob Hoskins.
0: Oh, um, 19, Who? who Roger, Roger, Ra- Roger Rabbit? Yes, okay. yes,
1: Who Framed Roger Rabbit, yes.
0: Yeah.
1: So, no, uh, not uh, a musical, wow. there, Eric.
0: Zemeckis, right? Robert yeah,
1: Zemeckis? Yeah, so that was the last one, yes, yeah, so he directed it. Yep, Robert Zemeckis. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, and I... Suspect it's a movie that will hold up, but maybe it won't. Maybe it'll just. be... I've, I've probably well, seen
2: this movie like 30 times. It oh, was wow. one we always watched. You know, VHS rewatch it over and over and over again.
1: Okay, I mean that's probably like 10 the last time. I watched yeah, I haven't it, so.
2: seen it since since I was a little kid. But
1: so I'm I'm curious to watch it as an adult and see see what I think of it. Um, saw it on Disney Plus as my middle child was deciding between Encanto, Luca, and Turning Red for the billionth time. Oh, there's Hugh from Roger Rabbit.
2: Yeah, Zemeckis has a new movie out, Pinocchio. I don't. Damon, did you have a chance? Uh, to I did not. Re- I did have not yet um,
0: watched Pinocchio. Um, man, that thing just looks scarier now.
2: I've I've heard it's just awful. Like hard to get through. Awful.
1: Uh, oh. I, I zero interest in these Disney remakes I, I saw the Lion King Theater and was like, What am I doing with my life last film critic. Why Doom do next, this?
0: Pinocchio. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Why did I do this? These are dumb. Come on, Disney, you're better than this.
0: This is pathetic. I do have a I do have a movie that's that's um that's worthy that uh it goes along with that. It's called Pinocchio's Revenge. I think I've seen that
1: in a movie store once upon a time yeah, where about, he, about Pinocchio's about on the cover. Killer Pinocchio. Yeah, okay. I guess the IP is in the public domain, right? So it's <laughs> so you can do whatever you want with it. Um I think I saw that. Okay. Yeah, like not the actual movie with the cover. Guillermo
2: del Toro also making a Pinocchio movie. What's with all this Pinocchio crap all of a sudden? I
0: don't know. All I got to say is I would love to have seen Terry Gilliam's version of Roger Rabbit. Yeah. That would have been just fucked up.
1: It sure would have. Um <laughs> but I think I suppose after Brazil he's like I can only do so much of this sci-fi stuff. <laughs> um
2: i just remember not understanding the alcoholism from bob hoskins like in the movie because there's i think he's like a drunk in the movie right like
0: if i remember right yeah kind of yeah he's yeah, yeah he's a down on his luck guy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah i mean it's got these film noir elements which i don't think i appreciated back in the day but i'd like yeah. to I'd like to see no, it, it, does. Again.
0: it actually i saw it not too long ago it, it it in my opinion i think it holds up really well uh, especially for um uh you know, uh, thinking back of the uh, the technology of the day and how they actually were able to pull it off. So, um, uh, you know, it's, you know, uh, by today's CGI standards, it's a little clunky, but still fantastic movie. And another one of those with a lot of uh, yeah, you should look you should look up the history of all of the things the animators did while mo- while making that movie, because that's pretty fascinating. All of the little things they put into the movie uh, because it took so long to do.
2: Oh, so like when the, you know, the Disney where they put in like weird, you know, like in Lion King, the dust where it makes out some inappropriate saying, you mean stuff like that?
0: yeah yeah
1: well yeah that's why one of the clues i was going to go with disney didn't want to release it under their name so they did touchstone pictures and if anybody doesn't know touchstone was what disney owned and they put all their racy stuff on touchstone so that the disney brand would say family friendly you know and clean so if they something that that was too racy they'd release it under touchstone pictures
0: yeah touchstone but there's even beyond that like all of the little um all of the little things that um from from the uh, from an act if you had an actual print of the movie from the de- from the day all the way through to um, uh, the laser disc where where technology where you could freeze frame was 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 uh, a lot better um, I'll just say it makes the scene, one of the one of the stories all makes it makes the uh, scene where uh, where baby Herman storms off the set at the beginning of the movie a lot more interesting oh okay. All right, so cool yeah, enough. so I, I say I say I, uh, after you watch or before or whatever, Google uh, Google that in the history of that. You know, well, just-
2: I've heard that Disney Plus they they'll like edit things you know once it hits Disney Plus. Like I think Thor they edited something up since it came out in the theater. So I wonder if the Disney Plus version will have some of this stuff edited out. Oh yeah, oh well, yeah.
0: But I think by the time it got to uh, Blu Ray, Disney had found everything um but yeah it's like it's it's kind of like um uh if you had an old vhs copy of the rescuers um uh, the, i know this one yeah the scene when they when 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 they t- when orville takes off from the roof at the beginning of the movie to take them uh, on their way and they're falling you know you know he's, he's just plummeting towards Earth, and the the buildings behind are just you know just blur well if you went frame by frame you would see that in one of the frames or one of the windows, someone someone on the Disney staff who was doing the backgrounds tasted a uh, a frame from a porn film in one of the windows. Yeah,
2: yeah. That so that was of. the
0: kind of thing that the Disney animators would do when they got bored. Sure. Um, and apparently, Roger Rabbit took uh, longer than your average Disney film, and so they got really bored. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> because okay. you know, it's 24 frames per second. You're not going to see it with the with yeah. the naked eye you know, when it runs in the theaters,
1: that's where it makes me think of fight club actually. Um,
2: well,
0: I'll, uh, I'll have my controller out. I'll be free. <laughs> I want to check this yeah, out. no, I think they've gotten, I think they've gotten everything now, but, um, but yeah, they're the, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's the most notorious of, uh, of all of the naughty Disney um, things. Oh, wow, uh, okay. Well, I think probably second only to the penis in the little mermaid poster. So I
2: haven't heard that like, one. It wasn't there one in Aladdin, too. Is like, doesn't he whisper, take off your clothes or something like that? There was some
0: something. But yeah, yeah. no, there's yeah, there's a um uh, the original <laughs> the artwork, uh, the artwork for the video cassette, uh the original video cassette of Little Mermaid. um Apparently, the, the I think the story that I heard was that the, the artist found out that he wasn't going to be um, uh, paid again or something. It was something with payment, I think. And so, in the big castle, the gold yep. castle, oh, right yeah. in the center, uh-huh. there's a dong. Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I know okay. exactly
2: what you're talking about. Yep.
0: Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, don't get, you know, don't let your animators get yeah. bored. That's treat, the key.
2: Treat those people right.
0: Treat them right. Or they yeah. make your
2: or they make your Thor movie look like trash. That's, well, now they
1: just have a sea of people on computers. Yeah. Um, just doing every little pixel for, you know, Chris Hemsworth's face or whatever. Huh?
2: well special thanks go. special thanks to Damon super appreciate you coming back on back by popular demand
0: thanks again for uh, for um, inviting me on again i always oh, willing to do this we love having you it's great to rewatch LA Confidential <laughs> even one, though you uh, only gave it four and a half stars yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe
2: I a we're cutting him off okay. thank you for listening <laughs> take it easy